Well, it's good to see you all here this morning, and this is our last uh, message in this little series that we've done on our living hope, the Christian's living hope. And here um, this morning, uh, we will talk about what it all culminates in. Our hope, our hope for this life and our hope in uh, our Savior, it's about one thing, and that turns into our hope in heaven, our hope in heaven. And um, this is, I, I've mentioned it or implied it in the past and uh, maybe mentioned it to you in talking to individuals, but this has been a, a helpful and important process for me. And I hope more, uh, not just for me, but I hope that it's been a, a big help for you because whether today is your last day here on this earth or whether you have uh, 60 more years or whatever, however many, uh, we need the living hope that is found in the living water, found in the living Savior, Jesus. And um, He wants us to Trust in Him each step of the way. When was the first time you heard the word heaven? When was the first time someone told you about heaven? I don't know why, but it, it caught my attention when I was a little boy. And I, I still have a, a little fuzzy picture in my, my memory bank of my great aunt telling me about heaven. And I was just a little boy. But then as I, you know, like most folks, you, you know, as you grow older, even as a junior high and high school young guy in growing up in Minnesota, I, I probably was like most everyone else. I, I think I'm good enough to make it to heaven. Um, I figure that I'll go to heaven. And that's the, that's the status of most everyone that we run into, they just kind of figure that they're going to heaven. They might not know for sure. In fact, they don't know for sure. Most of the people do not know really for sure that they're going to heaven. And then as, you know, here I am growing up in the, you know, as a young boy in the 60s and getting into high school in the 70s, as the, as the TV and movie producers develop more and more in their... Uh, in their minds of, gee, what can we make movies about? Well, sure enough, here's more and more movies popping up about heaven. And then it, it leaves these little thoughts uh, in the mind that heaven's just sitting around a cloud or something. Or you've got wings and you can cruise the universe. Um, all sorts of thoughts come to mind with heaven. And in fact, it gets to the point where it's almost like we, f we conclude that it's boring. 
And it's like, well, I've got more important things to do here, so I'm not really ready for heaven. I, I, I've got stuff I need to do here. And yeah, I'm going to heaven. I got my ticket punched, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, but somehow that thought just seems to grow in our minds about this uh, place that we're, we figure we're going to go to when we die. So, obviously, most of you know that um, last year was, you know, the the toughest year of our lives. And um, I stopped to think about it, our, um, and it might be that you're here and you don't realize it, but our, our youngest daughter passed away from cancer back in May, and it's a challenge because of what it, um, it tests you in your faith. It challenges you about the reality of heaven. And um, this has been a, a build-up here because I, I think this is, for one and all, every one of us here, it's something that's of, of uh, it's just really important that we understand. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be talking about heaven and the joy that's there. And that's um, the reality. That's what comes about is we face the reality because here's death. We face death and it's not just us. It's, it's, all, it's all sorts of people right here and, and everywhere, we're at, everywhere we're at. We've got people facing it. Okay? And... Um, if you're a believer, here's, here's where it comes more in, in touch with, here's the reality of heaven. Um, and so I'm, I wanted to say in getting started here, I'm, I'm so thankful to God for heaven. Okay? And it, there's still the pain and all, but it's going to be, it, it is for every one of us. We've got things that happen and people that we hear of that pass away unexpectedly and etc. And what it ought to cause us to do is a couple of things, right? Be ready with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian and you're not ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ then we are not ready. We're not one bit ready. Because most everyone figures that they're going to gain heaven because God will weigh it out. God will weigh out the good works from the bad works and figure, oh yeah, they're a good person, so yeah, come on into heaven. It's not that way, and it will never be that way, so don't think that way. You cannot think that way, folks. It's not by a merit system. It's not by a grading system. It's by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Okay? And he... See, hope... Hope is in a person, isn't it? Hope is in a person of Jesus Christ. And hope is in a place that he's gone to prepare. And so I'm thankful for heaven. Um... I want to 
have us consider the one passage that, well, there's a number of passages, okay? Um, John 14 is one, but we're going to look at Revelation chapter 21 here this morning. Revelation chapter 21. So please take your Bible and turn there to Revelation 21. The scene before us is following the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ. It's following the millennial reign. All right? And that's in the... That's in the here's the end times calendar, if you will. As we understand it, here's the, the, the millennial reign of Christ, and now Satan is already judged and, and the fallen angels judged and taken care of. Not a... End of story with them. Done. And that's one of the joys of heaven. The instigator of it all is no mas. No more. Done. And we pick it up in Revelation 21. And we read. This is John. And I, in verse 21, or chapter 21, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the, the tabernacle of God is among men and he shall dwell among them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be, there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes shall inherit these things, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But... For the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So, this passage tells us about the new heaven. And it's our hope. And so I want to um, just share here these four aspects of of why we have a why there is this hope in heaven. And and you can follow along in your outline there. And our our first point is that heaven is a perfected home. It's not just new; it is new, but it's perfected. It's a perfected home. And it's got letter A, it's, it's with a new entity. 
it's, it's time for eternal bliss. And here's this glimpse into what will happen. It's a brand new heaven, a brand new earth with the first heaven and the first earth passed, it's passed away. Okay. And now we understand, let me take a little rabbit trail, track along with me here. Sometimes you will hear that people say, well, but, um, we believe in three heavens and there's the, you know, the celestial heaven and the super celestial, I don't know what they call it, but, and they, they refer to three heavens. Yes, there are three heavens and you know what they are? Walk out that door, you'll see one heaven. That's the heaven where the birds reign and the, the fowl of the air fly around. That's, that's one heaven that he's talking about. There's a second heaven and you go out at about 8 o'clock tonight, 10 o'clock tonight. There's another heaven that you'll see with your, your eyes. And isn't it wonderful in Fallon, America, where it's clear? And you can see, it's like, I can see stars that way or that way. And then you see the, woof, the plethora of stars up, up on top of you. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another heaven. That's where the heavenly host of stars are. The starry host is out out there, the planets and all. But then there's a third heaven that I see and that most of you see with the eye of faith. With the eyes of faith. And that's where God is. And so, he's saying that there's going to be a brand new entity, a whole new start. And it's interesting that he says there's no... There's no longer any sea. Now, there's, you go studying the commentators on this passage and they'll say all sorts of things about why there's no longer any sea. Do you see it there on the, uh, um, at the end of verse 1? There's no longer any sea. And what I believe this is saying is there's, there's, no, more, there's no more water there. And there's not going to be a... Uh, a weather cycle, a water, uh, I'm sorry, a water cycle. It's going to be perfect. Uh, you know, God's going to, you know, God's going to take care of things. And um, so it's, it's a brand new way of living because it's glorified bodies. Okay. Um, so no longer any sea. No weather changes, right? <laughs> it's, it's like perfect. All right. And there's also not just, it's not just a new entity, but there's a new establishment or a new, a new capital. It's like, here's the whole country of heaven, but here's the, here's the capital. The new Jerusalem comes down. You see it in verse two there. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And this is one way of trying to describe something that's just amazingly beautiful. Totally beautiful. Okay. Now, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people think that this is the, this is heaven, you know, New Jerusalem. And uh, so people say, well, you know, it connects to what they were talking about in Hebrews. They're looking for a celestial city. And there's other names for heaven that are used. You know, um, Jesus talked about my kingdom, my my father's kingdom. So we we understand that heaven is, is connected to that idea, a kingdom. You know, think about it. What else is connected to the concept of heaven, the, the reality of heaven? Jesus said to the, the thief on the cross, you, today you'll be with me in 
paradise. He, he's referring to there. Here's the, here's the heaven that you'll be with me in. Okay? And there, there's not levels of it. At, at that point in time, you know, here's Jesus saying to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise. With me in paradise. <coughs> it's also referred to as a rest. A rest from labors. A rest from this life. I mentioned it's, a, it's like a country. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. You know, it's also from this. Here's the writer of Revelation, the, the human writer of Revelation. It's John. And earlier in his life, you know, here's the gospel of John. And what did he write in, in John chapter 14? He's saying what Jesus said. And Jesus said, in my, uh, in my what? My father's house. There are many mansions. In my father's house, there are many mansions. He's talking about heaven. And I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm going to come back and, and bring you to myself. And so here's the hope of heaven that Jesus, you know, describes. So a lot of different things mentioned is, is heaven. And we know it's where God is. Um. Some of you may have seen this already. I want to show you a picture. Um, and we don't know exactly when this was drawn. It might have been second or third grade. But Sarah understood that heaven was about a, a big house with many rooms, if you will. And... She had that, here's the, the shape. Obviously, she's singing, right? <laughs> and uh, I can't, you know, do a whole lot of interpretation of it all, but other than, you know what? There's the, the glory coming out from the Father's mansion. You know, and this is just, here's a little, a little girl thinking it over, drawing it up. <laughs> And you know what is, I, I know that I get, um, I, I kind of get all uh, worked up and emotional now because of it, but it's something, as we go back to our outline, this is a perfected home, and it's a new entity, it's a new establishment with the new Jerusalem, uh, the capital of heaven, but let us see, it's, it's, here's what it's really about, it's the new encounter the new encounter is verse 3. Look at verse 3. He says, I, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God. Now, right there, remember in John chapter 1 um, that God came and what? Tabernacled with man. Okay? So it's the same phrase here. The tabernacle of God is among men and he shall dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be among them. The tabernacle. If you're not familiar with it, it's the idea of a, of a tent. You know, tenting tonight kind of thing. You know, tabernacle. And that's the idea in the Old Testament. The tabernacle of God. And here's Jesus, God the Son, who came in a body, and that was declared as being 
that, that Jesus, God, is now tabernacling. <laughs> Sorry, English teachers. Tabernacling with man. Okay? God will dwell with His saints forever. And the world had this happen that just, just that one time. Only once. And it was for 33 years that God tabernacled with men. And here it is now again. It's coming in heaven. Okay? So it's a perfected home. Now we move on to point two. It's not just a perfected home. It's, a, it's perfected healing. Perfected healing. Verse four. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Now, each one of these, we don't want to take a lot of time with them, but you understand these, these simple things that are mentioned in verse 4. Okay? Lots of crying and weeping in this life, in this present life. There's a lot of it. But listen, not all of the tears are justified in, in, in the idea, here's God's uh, understanding of it. It's not just because everyone's crying about something is, that that's what he's referring to. It's, it's regarding, here's the suffering. Here's the, the, the tears shed out of, the, here's real genuine loss. Here's, here's the pain behind the crying. Here's the, the tears that are shed because of what? The anguish of sin. And that is probably the main reason, folks. The tears, tears shed and pain that's experienced because of, here's the problem of sin. Mark it down if you're taking notes. Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure for, what? A night. But joy comes in the morning. So, and it, whether it's letter, it's letter A there, uh, there's perfect, perfected healing from all tears, from all regrets. Okay? Letter B is perfected healing from all loss, from all death. Death was caused by our sin. And every day here on earth, we have our close calls with it. Every day here on earth, we hear about it, whether it's just in the news or whether it's a phone call that somebody gets from a, a relative. We have close calls with it just opening up the newspaper and reading the obituary. But Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered it perfectly. And Isaiah 25 prophesies it. Isaiah 25 verse 8. He will swallow up death for all time. Okay? It's perfected healing. Let her see from all wounds and all pain. Suffering physically. Suffering emotionally. It's the idea of pain from bodies, human bodies racked with diseases, holding the wounds of war 
for some that served our country in war and served other countries in, in service in that way. There's the pains and the problems from accidents that people have. I can't help but think of Johnny Erickson Tata. And many of you have read her writings. And it, just to think of the battle she's led. in Here she is, a quadriplegic. And she's doing all that she does. And there's a day, folks, when she and others like her that love the Lord are going to be healed. There's no more pain in there. There's no more wounds. There's no more loss. There's no more death. There's no more regrets. No more tears. Now, let me ask this. Right now, where we sit, are you afraid to die? It's okay to say, yes, I'm afraid to die. Because that we're human. I'm afraid to die. I think you are all. We're really afraid to die. But what's the difference for a Christian? There's the fear of death has been handled by Jesus. And see, the more that you, if you're saying you're a Christian, the more that you will take your focus and keep it fixed on the Savior, the one who rose up from the dead, conquering sin and death. He did it. And the more that you will keep your focus on Him, you, you, your, your eyes, your vision, you're, you're fixed on what He has accomplished for you. And then you can say, you know what? I don't understand this or that about why so-and-so died or why this happened. You know, why someone in the prime of, of their life seems to get, here's, you know, getting cancer and, and dying. You know, we don't understand it, but you know what? There's still a joy about heaven. And the this whole thing of, you know, perfected healing you know, it's from this and it's from this. And you know what? I want to encourage you, my friend, to, you know, add to this list. Because, you know, the idea of saying, you know, there's no more, I said it earlier, there's no more Satan and, and sin. But you can add to it. Because there's all sorts of things to add to this li- no more list. And what else? You know, here's the flip side of that no more list. Here's, here's the list of, here's all that's going to be a part of heaven. And, and to add to that list and make that, you know, here's a, you know, if you have little kids at home, you know, to, to develop that, to talk to them about it, to be talking to them about heaven, about seeing Jesus. So, letter D under number two is, it's for all eternity. Because it says right there in verse 4, for the first things have passed away. All these things are done. This, this is all done. It's forever and ever perfected healing and it's in heaven only. No more. No more of any of this except for one thing. And you've heard this before. We will see the scars of our blessed Savior. We'll see that for eternity. His hands and His feet pierced through. 
Number three is a perfected heritage. It's a perfected heritage. Look at verses 5 through 7. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give. That's the idea. Here it is. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. That's what's going to be happening there. He promised it from long ago, and it's been promised to us in salvation, and he's, it's going to happen. And then verse 7, He who overcomes shall inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So it's a perfected heritage. It's what's given. It's what's passed on down. It's something that's possessed as a result of one's birthright. That's what an inheritance is. And if you're a Christian, you have a birthright. You've been adopted into God's family through faith in Christ. And thus you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance waiting for you from God. Reserved in heaven for you. So letter A, it's all by His power. Letter A, it's the heritage comes by way of His power. Verse 5 says, and he who sits on the throne, it's the one who's on the throne. He's got all authority and all power. It's due to what he's doing right now, sitting on the throne. It's due to what he has and he will accomplish. He says, I will make all things new. Okay? For the person that's come to faith in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if any man is what in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things, what? Passed away. Behold, all things are new. New things are going to come. That's the idea of when you walk with Christ, new things are going to happen in your life. Not mystical, not magical, transformational. Okay? There's going to be more and more of a Christ-likeness being developed in your life as you walk by faith in Him. And you turn off the the news of the world, and you got to lock into what Christ is saying. What He wants for you. So it's perfected heritage by His power, but it's also a promise by Him. Letter B, it's promised. And He said, in verse 5, He said, right, for these words are, right there, see it? Faithful and true. My friend, you can trust what God says. It's based on what He has said. And we're reminded again of the reliability of His Word, the Bible. Now, think with me here. Here's a quick um, historical kind of a survey, running quickly through it, all right? God prophesied in the Old Testament through His prophets, right? What happened? They came true. Hello? What do you think when it's the true God? What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> it's going to happen. He said it back in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and it happened. God promises now, God promises in the New Testament. And guess what? <laughs> These promises are continually ongoing, being fulfilled. Lives continue to be rescued 
lives continue to be changed and transformed, made new for good. And what does he declare about the future? Well, he, he tells us, you know what? Just like so many things with God's word, there's either this or that. There's nothing in between. It's either this or this. It's either the line of the righteous or, I, I can't point to you now, or the line of the wicked. <laughs> it's the line of the righteous or the line of the wicked. It's light or it's darkness. Okay? It's life or it's death. It's heaven or it's hell. There's no in-betweens. And if you have friends that believe in a purgatory, you need to be clear about just saying, you know, why don't we study the Bible? Let's, let's study the Bible. And let's look at what Jesus talked about. Okay? And so his word, Jesus' word about heaven and hell, must be heeded. All along in this series, I was figuring, I'm, I'm really just going to do one message on this one verse, and it never happened. So I've got to slide it in here. Uh, and for you, many of you, it's a favorite verse. It's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. The heritage is... Come by way of his power and let her be by his promise. Let her see by his provision, what he's provided. He's provided for us. Verse 6 and 7. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. He who overcomes shall inherit these things. He's going to provide in that way. And it will happen perfectly in heaven. Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that he's granted to us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, blessed that he, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And it's notice who's it to the inheritance that's perfected is given to who verse 7 tells us he who what overcomes and right there you say oh oh i guess gee am i am i a part of this i don't i don't feel like an overcomer this morning with what's on my heart and mind i i certainly didn't feel like an overcomer Maybe in your life and what you're dealing with at work or home, maybe you're thinking, I I don't feel like an overcomer. And it says in the Bible that he's going to give it to the overcomers. do Do I rate? Well, you have to remember what an overcomer is. 
overcomer, turn, turn to 1 John. Just a couple of books back from Revelation. 1 John, we were reminded of this when we went through the study of 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There's a, a, an initial description of those who are overcomers. It's because Christ is in you. Okay? Now, turn over to chapter 5, in verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Okay? Are you born again? You've overcome the world. Okay? And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. So if you have faith in Christ, you are an overcomer. So you have to remember what Scripture is telling us about who we are. What's our identity in Christ? If you're not a believer, you're not an overcomer because you haven't put faith in Jesus Christ. And again, we've said it time and time before, you can be a wonderful person, but if you haven't put faith in Christ, you're not right with God. You're not in a right relationship with God. You might be in a great relationship with all sorts of people, but you're not in a right relationship with God. You've got to come by faith in Christ. That's where reconciliation happens with God in a divine way. He justifies those who what? Come by faith. Justification doesn't happen because I've been, you know, going to church every day of my life. Or I've given to the poor every day of my life. Doesn't happen that way. Justification happens by faith in Christ alone. Okay? And so, that's what an overcomer is. Are you an overcomer in Jesus? <laughs> now, here's the catch to it, and that is, what's our behavior like? What's our conduct like? God wants our conduct to be shaped and transformed into more and more Christ-likeness. So that being having the title and the position of an overcomer, you can say, yeah, and God, I've seen how God has delivered me and helped me and guided me in this, in this life, in this weary life. So it's a perfected heritage. And then finally, verse 4, I'm sorry, number 4, going back to Revelation 21. Turn back in your Bibles there to Revelation 21. And we're seeing, we're looking at verse 8. And we finish with this point number 4. It's heaven is, is perfected holiness. Heaven is perfected holiness. Right? It, would, it couldn't be any other way. It's got to be perfected holiness. Verse 8 says, But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so we say from that is there's no sin in heaven. There's no one that conducts themselves and practices themselves in that kind of a way, in that kind of a fashion in heaven. None. And so here's another no more list. Letter A under number four, perfected holiness. Number eight, 
letter A is no more cowardly and caustic. We tried to put them together like that. Cowardly and caustic. Cowardly, you know, you say, wait, geez, I've been cowardly. I've been afraid. Well, it's those who are afraid to what? Confess Christ. Those who are afraid to identify themselves with Jesus Christ. They were cowardly about it. They refused to own, to confess, and to identify with Christ. There's the cowardly. And yet, you know, I have placed my faith in Christ. I've confessed Him before others. And yet I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid, you know, in, in a, a number of ways. You know, sharing my faith. You think I, I've got it all together? Oh, Woody, he's going to be brave and strong in front of everyone. Well, I, I have fears of that. Do you? But here's the difference. is It's not being afraid to just say, I, I'm with Jesus. I believe in Him. He's died for me. I will trust Him. And the caustic, it's just about... Um, that's what unbelief is. The caustic side of it is just going to eat away... And destroy the lives. And, and what, what it is is unbelief. Unbelief does that. It's just going to keep eating away at people's hearts and lives. Letter B. No more vile. No more vileness. No more violence. Okay? It's the idea of abominable. That's the word abominable. It's despicable. It's filthy. It's degenerate. It's detestable. It's pollution. And that's the idea that he's saying. And the violence part is murderers. Those who have no regard for human life. You say, well, gee, you know, I don't think we have any murderers in here. What did Jesus say about murder? You think about it in your heart. Check it out. You know, Matthew chapter 6. Beware, be alert to that. And heaven doesn't have, letter C, no more seducers, no more sorcerers. Seducers is simply a, another way to say immoral persons. The, the Greek word there is pornos. Well, you can hear where that's going. Okay? That's the Greek word there for this, this description. And the old King James says what? No more fornicators. We kind of nicely deleted that word out of our language, haven't we? It's pretty it's pretty in your face. No more fornicators. Well what's that? That's having sex outside of marriage. And that has now in our day and age become just it's just normal. It's just that's just the way it is. And really it's okay because you want to really experiment before you get married, right? And it's a sad state of affairs, but he's talking about the people who continue to do this and say, this is the way that my life is run. Sorcerers, those are involved in witchcraft, spiritism, magic, demon worship. It was obviously prevalent in the ancient world, very much alive in our modern modern world. Okay. Just jot down Galatians 5, 20 and 21. To see the works of the flesh. And some of these are mentioned right there. The works of the flesh. And letter D. 
It's perfected holiness because there's no more greed and gossip. Greed, I mentioned greed because greed is connected to idolatry. It's about, um, it's, it's a, here's how covetousness comes forth. We have covetous hearts. And that's the problem. It shows itself in either greed or idolatry. And all who made gods out of created things, you know, nowadays we know what it's like. It, it's, it's turning, you know, worshiping our business, worshiping our bank account, worshiping our hobby, even worshiping other people. Worshiping the opposite sex. And on and on. And along with that, greed or that idolatry is lying or gossip. All forms of lying, speaking falsehood, deception, etc. I want you to, we're not going to look it up, but I, we just have a few minutes to go here. Uh, the, the reference is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. Please look that over later. Okay? In heaven, there's no possibility of sin breaking into the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Sin is forever and ever and ever shut out. The new heaven and the new earth does not alter the status of the lake of fire. Okay? It's not going to alter, you know, the new heaven and new earth are not going to alter the status of the lost. It's really, it's showing us, here's the finality of heaven. Thus, why are we here? What are we here for, Christian? I want to tell people to flee from the wrath to come. But those kind of words don't get readily accepted. Flee from the what? But it is. That's the motivation behind it. Flee from the wrath to come from God. God's wrath against sin. It will come about. I want to, we talked with the men yesterday at Second Saturday Breakfast about having a good grip on the gospel. Can I share the gospel? Can you share the gospel in like two minutes or less? And, and, and hit it squarely? Can you? And if you can't, you know, we need to polish that up and sharpen that up. You know, we're not here to just have a continual fellowship and worship time while we're here on earth. We need to point people to Jesus Christ. And so that people can then say when their loved one dies, there's a hope in heaven because of Jesus. Okay, you know what? There's a lot of things to add to this, I realize, but we're going to ask in concluding, we're just going to ask this. Are you looking forward to heaven? Why? Why? Death is absolutely certain. Death is absolutely certain. And uh, if that's the case, and if I say I'm a believer, and I'm in my 60s, 70s, 80s, I could be seeing Jesus tomorrow. Seriously. Seriously. And many younger people 
having something happen to them, you could be seeing Jesus tomorrow. And there's others here who have not yet put their faith in Christ and you will not be seeing Jesus as your Savior. You'll be facing God in judgment because you have tried to you know, take on your own life as captain and Lord of your own life and you have not kneeled and surrendered to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you need to do that. We implore you, be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Find your righteousness in Christ. <laughs> it's, you know what? If you've not come to faith in Christ, you're, you're gambling and, and you're going to lose. You're going to lose the gamble. Those who have placed their faith in Christ, you're standing on the what? The rock. You're standing in Christ and you are secure. And so, Christian, are you excited about going to heaven? Are you excited about seeing Jesus? Are you excited about serving Him for an eternity? Giving Him the glory forever and ever? This is a real living hope. And we who say we are believers have this sure hope. The hope of His help in this life, the hope of His appearing, that He will come again, and the hope of heaven. It's for eternity, forever and ever. Jesus, I thank You. I thank You for Your your work at Calvary. I thank You, Lord God, that You have uh, reserved uh, the place in heaven for Your children. And Jesus, that You promised that You would Go and prepare a place. It's a real place and it's an actual place where you are. And we will give glory to the Lamb of God who was slain for our sins and who rose again and lives forevermore. Oh Lord, help us to be shining lights with this living hope that you've given to us in Christ. And as the scriptures tell us, Lord, we echo it. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And help us to be the people that we need to be living for you. Do your good work for your glory here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.